Welcome everyone to the Tag Your It podcast. I am David Van Bever, and as you have noticed, Adam is not here with me today. He had some things come up because he is going to be speaking on March 15th at the Abolish Abortion Missouri rally held there at the Capitol in Jefferson City. So since I do not have Adam with me today, I do have a guest. And so please, Jared, introduce yourself real quick. You've been on the podcast before, but tell us just a little bit about yourself and what you do. And then we'll uh, visit a little bit about what is going on in the state of Kansas. Yeah, thanks, uh, David, for letting me on and uh, doing this collaboration with me. So, yeah, my name is Jared Burdick. I am one of the leaders of AIMKS. That stands for Abortion is Murder, Kansas. And we are a ministry of Lighthouse Baptist Church in St. George, Kansas. And uh, our the goal of our ministry is to abolish abortion in the state of Kansas biblically. Uh, that is immediately without compromise. And uh, that's what we uh, that's what we exist to do. And so uh, a little more about myself. Um, I'm a 24-year-old business owner. I'm married to my wife, Grace, for three years. We have a 14-month-old baby girl, and we have another uh, uh, kid on the way. It's coming in July, and so um, lots, of, lots of things going on in my life that are pretty exciting right now, um, but uh, we're here to talk today about abolishing abortion in Kansas, and uh, this is uh, one of our uh, collaboration launch episodes for our up-and-coming podcast, the Bleeding Kansas Podcast. Excellent. So real quick, one of the things that I think is neat is, of course, St. George is fairly close to where I was originally from in Riley, Kansas, Manhattan, Kansas area. So was uh, in Westmoreland, which is right around your area quite a bit, Fostoria, Kansas. So while I am a little ways away, I know that area quite well, and I kind of wish, man, I wish I could go back there and uh, be a little bit closer to you. I love being in Lynn Valley. That is not a, uh, a thing there, but that two and a half hours is a little bit of a trip. So with that said, this time we are visiting with you. You are in a different place. You're in a different location. Uh, you have an incredible background. So tell me a little bit about what you have going on there with AIM Kansas. Tell me, first of all, about the launch of your podcast and what that's going to look like. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So, yeah, so we he are here in uh, our podcast studio. Uh, this is a, a studio that we just built um, here at Lighthouse Baptist Church. And so uh, we have a lot of space in this building. Our, our church building is actually an old high school. And so um, if uh, if you ever, if anyone is ever here in the area, uh, there's a lot of different reasons you might end up in our church building. We, of course, have our church, but then about two-thirds of the facilities are used for what's called the Beacon uh, Center Mission. And so this is a mission that we have. We have a food pantry that we give out over a million meals um, every year. We have uh, a fully stocked clothing room, um, a home goods room. So basically anyone in the community who has has real needs, we have uh, those things that are donated here. And we give them away free of charge to people who need them. We also have a basketball gymnasium here that the homeschool teams play all of their uh, basketball and volleyball sports in and stuff. And so uh, this building gets a lot of use. And uh, the room specifically that we're in here today is kind of a back uh, closet, so to speak. And we've always had some different ideas for what we wanted to use it for, but we never really, none of those actually uh, turned out to happen. And so um, about, I think, four years ago, three or four years ago, my pastor, uh, Jim Lowry, he started a radio program uh, to get the sermons out from our church and some other churches in this area. And so uh, we already kind of have the need to have an official uh, professional studio. And so that's what we've been working on building. And so this is our studio one room and we're working on completion of the second studio room. And so uh, this one, uh, we, we've ramped up our efforts to get it done because AIM has desperately needed a uh, media platform to get information out quicker about what we're doing. And so that's what we have going on here. And uh, 
Like I said before, our organization's name is AIM KS. And the reason we're called Abortion is Murder Kansas, uh, it sounds kind of kind of a little bit too factual to be a name almost, but we decided that because we wanted we wanted if 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 someone uh, in the culture just saw our name, we wanted them to know the truth about abortion. And that was like what what's the simplest message we can make in just our name and our logo. And so um, abortion is murder because that's what it is. And uh, of course, that creates the acronym AIM, AIM. And so you can see in the logo, there's an arrow implemented into that. And that is just to show uh, that uh, it is our aim to abolish abortion in Kansas. And so uh, as for the Bleeding Kansas podcast, um, that name was chosen uh, specifically because we're abolitionists. And so it's a play on the history of abolition here in Kansas. Um, anybody who's had you know, an elementary introduction to Kansas state history knows that the time period of the abolitionists of the slave trade, um, that there was uh, really the, out, the initial conflicts of the Civil War started here in Kansas. Um, uh, you have uh, figures such as John Brown and others, uh, a lot of guerrilla warfare that went on at that time. And so the time, the, uh, that time period was coined Bleeding Kansas because of uh, just the conflict and the shedding of blood that went on at that time. And so uh, we think that even more so today, the blood is being shed. Um, you know, at most, I think a few dozen people were killed during the historical time of the bleeding Kansas. And yet uh, um, we, we do more than that in a week right now with abortion in our state. And so Kansas is very much so bleeding. And uh, that's what we wanted to uh so we want to name our podcasts. Um, there's obviously a lot of other great abolition podcasts out there, like the Liberator podcast, Free the States. You guys uh, have excellent episodes on the topic. Um, and so we're gonna, certainly going to try to add as much as we, uh, we have value to those, uh, the principled uh, philosophical and theological discussions around abolition. But we really want to paint the story. We want to tell the story of abolition in Kansas, right? Because, uh, you know, as you read scripture, there's so many different uh, um, tools used to employ to to tell God's will, and so to, to, to tell the narrative. And so we don't want to just say the truth. We want to actually say that there's there's a story to this. God doesn't just look down and see babies being murdered and tally them up. His heart breaks over this. And Amen. so and, and so Kansas is bleeding. And so it's a little bit more of a dramatic uh, name, but that's our intention. Is we, want, we want everyone to understand that um, we need to have the will of or the, the mind of God concerning abortion. If, if every Christian, one of my one of my most often prayers that I pray concerning abortion is that God, just, just show me what you see. Because if I saw what really truly saw what he saw, my heart would be so broke about this. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything else but to try to serve faithfully in this fight. And, uh, uh, you know, so, so we want to have the mind of God. And uh, as you read scripture about child sacrifice, that type of, that type of language is used to describe child sacrifice. You look at Isaiah 1 and then the theme of, of blood guilt and, uh, you know, um, your, your blood covered hands. Like that's, that's all throughout scripture when God looks at child sacrifice. And so, um, you know, we want to cover uh, the whole counsel of God concerning um, abortion and abolition. Um, but we want to, we want to, uh, I guess I'm saying is like the unique thing that I'm trying to do with this podcast. I'm trying to paint the story of abolition in kansas well i love that very much i think that it's really interesting you know i've lived in kansas now for just a little bit over a year and i was familiar first of all with 
uh, Kevin Myers. And I don't even remember exactly how I connected with him, but I was familiar with him in coming over to Missouri and speaking at the state capitol. That's how I first engaged him the very first time. Did not know at all that he was going very faithfully to the abortion mills there in Kansas or that he was even from Kansas uh, until a little bit later. And so tell me just a little bit about the history of AIM as a whole, because that's something that I really don't know. Like, when did you all start? I know a little bit about Abolish Abortion Missouri and how that started. But now I live in Kansas. I don't I've come over. I've jumped I've jumped the border. And so I'm about four miles away from the border of Missouri. But I'm definitely a Kansan. and I wanted to come back to Kansas specifically to pastor. So tell me a little bit, because about a year ago was when I first sat down with uh, with you in Valley and had you on the program the first time. You guys were so kind to drive up here to meet with me that time. But tell me some about how AIM Kansas got started. Was that from your church? I mean, how did you all get going on this? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, OK, so here's here's the history. Uh, even before me, um, you mentioned Kevin Myers, and he's, I, I guess, how I consider that the, the the father of abolition in Kansas, he's kind of the founding father here. And so uh, he actually started preaching at the mills down in uh, Florida. And he's got some uh, really amazing stories of uh, preaching there. But then he moved back to Kansas City. Um, I don't remember when. I want to say it was like 2010, 2011. Uh, it seems like he's had a presence here for about a decade now. And so he started obviously preaching at the mills in Kansas City. And, um, um, and so he was... Uh, there's been a few others that have kind of joined him from time to time. But as far as like leader figures, um, Kevin is kind of the founder in that. And so um, so fast forward to um, to us and kind of how I got involved in this. Uh, in 2019, beginning of 2019, um, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Reformed Baptist. I go to a Reformed Baptist church. And so I'm uh, also a debate coach. So one of the uh, theologians I love to listen to the most is James White. And you listen to James White enough, you're going to find Jeff Durbin. And I really appreciated his evangelism videos and learned a lot from those. And then I started seeing him videos of uh, Jeff Durbin and others at Apologia Church going to the abortion clinics. And that just that just struck me. And I went, really? Like, why aren't we doing that? Like, that makes a lot of sense that we should treat abortion clinics like mission fields. Why aren't, mm -hmm. why aren't we doing that? And uh, and so I got hooked up with End Abortion now, and they have a church network, so you can, uh, you know, apply for your church to be a partner, and they send you a, a, a couple signs and some uh, tracks and stuff to go out, and they call your pastor and verify that you're, you know, not some crazy lone wolf, and then they send you up their network, and they have a they have an app called the Mighty Networks app that they have a network on, and uh, then I figured out that there were some other guys in Kansas City, uh, so I had not met Kevin or knew of Kevin yet. But uh, Clifton Boji was one of the other ones that was going there, and uh, he also was on that Apologia or End Abortion Now app. And uh, so I connected with him, and I finally just went out there. Me and my wife were in Kansas City for a weekend on a trip, and I said, hey, I, I, he's out there on the Saturday. I just want to go for a few minutes and just see what this is about and just, just go. And I went out, and it wasn't necessarily a very dramatic day, um, but uh, it was just one thing that really just stuck in my mind. Um, as we were standing there and Clifton's preaching the gospel, and I'm just kind of standing there with my wife, and um, we were only there for like 30 minutes, but there was a family um, that was there in a, a pretty beat-up vehicle. Uh, I don't know how many kids they had stuffed into that thing, but it was it was full of people, and the father was driving it, and uh, he didn't speak to us, so I don't know, you know. He didn't say anything to us, but his mom and his wife had obviously come out, 
And uh, you, know, you don't always know exactly what they're there for. Obviously, the majority of it is abortions. So there's always a chance they could have been doing something else. But you typically know when they look at you. Like you can see the guilt. You can see the hopelessness. Um, and uh, this man just looked at me through this window, just absolutely hopeless. Um, and maybe I was reading into that more than I should have. But I just, I just felt for this man. Like he just looked like he knew his child was just killed or is being killed. And there's just just death, just emptiness. And so I, I just was, I was, God just used that to really wake me up. And I immediately went home to my pastor over that summer in 2019. And uh, my pastor is Jim Lowry, who's also my father-in-law. And I started talking to him about this and said, you know, I think we need to, I think we need to get more involved. We need to figure out some more things. And so um, that uh, fall, me and my wife were actually going to Phoenix, Arizona for our family vacation and so uh, um, we went and we visited Apologia Church on a Sunday. And um, uh, I never, it was, it's, it was crazy busy. That was right in the middle of COVID and all the other churches were shut down. They were open and it was like 600 people there, or 300 people there that day. It was packed. And uh, so it was so packed. I didn't, uh, I didn't get to talk to any of the elders, um, but I just started asking people, hey, who does, who does end abortion out here? Who, who goes to the abortion clinics? I just want to meet some of you guys. And uh, they had a chili cook-off right after there. So they said, hey, come to the chili cook-off. And and uh, we'll, we'll talk. And uh, there was a man there named Dusty Marshall. And uh, Dusty uh, had been uh, involved in their abortion sidewalk ministry for a while. And he had a great testimony about uh, uh, one of his uh, his oldest daughter who was had severe birth defects in the womb and was, you know, doctors were constantly re- recommending them to abort and they wouldn't do it. And, uh, and now their, their child is uh, she shouldn't have you know, wasn't supposed to live and now she's walking and uh and alive and, and just uh just great and so his testimony just really inspired me and at that time i was like okay so i know kevin and clifton are kind of doing some things in kansas city and we had like maybe one or two people in wichita that were kind of active in the mills but like we have nothing as far as like organizations that are getting organized like ministries that are getting serious about this and getting organized uh, we also had an abolition bill that we were working on at that time. It wasn't, it never had true abolition language. There's always something wrong with it. And we'll talk about that more in a little bit. Um, it wasn't on the part of abolitionists. It was, you know, trying to get the legislators to stick with the right legislation, things like that. But we had an abolition bill at that time. So like I knew, hey, we can kind of organize on that a little bit. Um, but uh, so anyways, we come back from Arizona and uh, I thought, okay, well, we need to do something to get more people involved and tra- kind of get our church involved. And I, I was like, okay, well, can we uh, have a guest speaker come and speak to my church on like a Sunday night or something? And um, my friend Dusty Marshall out in Arizona, I, I, I call him up and say, hey, would you be willing to come out to Kansas and, and speak to us? Like, I guess it'd just be for like a night. So I know that's a long ways to go just to come and preach at evening service. But, you know, uh, let's see what we can do. And then as I thought about it, I'm like, okay, well, if we're going to do that, I'll have him come and I'll have Kevin uh, Myers come and speak and we'll try to turn it into some type of conference and get a bunch of other people to come. And so we just had a uh, two session evening conference um, that February. And uh, it actually was, uh, yeah, it was like February 20th or something like that. And so um, we, uh, I talked to them about that. We organized that and we started telling other local churches here about it. We ended up having about 150 people come out to that. So it was actually, it was very well just, kind of throwing something together and me not knowing much at all. Um, and then right before we had our conference, I started going out to the mills in Kansas City more. 
And then lo and behold, um, guys like Valley, uh, Jason, the other AIM leader, and some other guys that are actually from the same town I'm in and go to other reformed churches in my area, um, they were just also going to the abortion clinic in Kansas City. And even though we like live very close to each other and like all of our networks and social, you know, circles are the same, we like these specific guys I had just never met. And uh, but we met at Planned Parenthood. And so that was just a providential thing to God that it seemed like God was raising up uh, a lot of young people in our area here in Manhattan. And uh, I realized really quickly, like, okay, we're two hours away from the abortion clinics. So I'm not going to have a regular presence at the clinics just because of drive time. Um, But I can do something to support people who are. And I didn't know what that looked like. I had no idea what to do moving Hmm. forward. All I knew is I need to get started doing something and support these people. And so at that time, I actually just got the uh, Facebook reminder. It was two years ago uh, last week um, where we actually just started having monthly meetings and sitting down, reading through abolitionist resources and just discussing it and kind of fleshing out these principles. Okay, uh, do we really agree with the five tenets of abolitionism and and what does scripture say of this? And just re-exegeting all those texts that a lot of other abolitionists already put out. And we're like, yeah, this is this is legit. This is solid. This is this is true. And so. out of that, uh, we had our conference, and then I said, okay, well, if you want to be more involved, show up to the next month's meeting, and we had like 30-plus people at that next month's meeting, and then after that, it was April of 2020 when we formally started, um, and that's when we decided on the name AIMKS, and uh, we still didn't know exactly what that structure was going to look like, um, but I you know, taught my pastor, said, hey, we need to do something. And uh, we've changed our, our structure just a little bit. Uh, the primary aspects that would say the same is that we're not a separate 501c3. We are a ministry of our church. And so um, it's just a little bit different than I think the only other like real abolitionist organization that's similar in that way would be End Abortion Now. Um, of course, uh, a lot of other organizations are structured uh, as like a separate 501c3. And I don't have an issue with that necessarily. Um, but it was just my thing is like, we say this is by the church and through the church, and I want as much accountability and oversight from my elders as you can possibly get. Yeah, so right on. I thought, well, then let's just make this a ministry of our church. We can stand under their 501c3, and then uh, we can use, you know, uh, so our, our finances go through our church bank's account so that they oversee all of that. Um, and uh, and so anyways, we got started. Uh, we had an election for our first leaders, and... Um, and then, uh, gosh, so that first year, um, let me back up just a second. There's another really uh, critical yeah. point. Before we had our conference, we had uh, me and my me and my pastor. We went to um, we went to down to Oklahoma to their end abortion now or not abortion now, abolition now um, conference. And so we we went there. And, of course, Dusty Devers was the first speaker right out the gates, and uh, he, he spoke on the five tenets of abolitionism and just drove it out of the park. I mean, it was it was a phenomenal uh, sermon, and my pastor was sold. He's like, you know what? I don't care what anybody else says. That was biblical. That was true. Uh, this is something we're going to get behind. And so literally on our way back, he's calling every pastor he knows to say, hey, you got to come to our little mini conference you know, we, you get, I mean, it just, you know, it was awesome. And so, uh, yeah, we had, uh, we had our conference and then we formally, uh, started our ministry, um, uh, April of 2020. And then, uh, we started planning for the next year. And so we're still working on our bill throughout that year. 
And then we are planning our own conference in our state for the spring of 2021. Um, and uh, we did that or spring of, I'm sorry, spring of 2022. And so we had our conference. It was a two-day conference in Topeka um, with a rally on the second day at the Capitol. And uh, that was, it was huge. You know, we had a lot of great speakers come up from a uh, place like Oklahoma. And uh, that really helped solidify us as an organization. And then um, initially when we started our ministry, it was our intention to be more local, to maintain locality. And so we've kind of had to adjust this a little bit. And so we're still a ministry of a local church. Um, but we've realized um, that for whatever reason, God is giving us the resources to try to organize the other churches and help. And so at this point, we kind of see it as AIM is uh, the umbrella. We're trying to be the umbrella that all the other Protestant churches can come alongside under and unify together and organize. And so um, what we mean by that is we're not controlling at all what any other church does. You know, uh, we absolutely believe in the autonomy of the local church. And uh, what, what our intention is, we know that for most pastors, especially in our area, most of them are bivocational. You know, if I said, hey, you guys should get involved in abolition or maybe they really want to, and they're looking at it like, okay, I need, you know, I need, you know, people to go to missions trips or we need to be able to order literature to hand out in our town and evangelize our culture. Or, um, you know, at this point, if you're going to be doing cultural evangelism, you probably should figure out a way to do it online as well. Like, you know, do record your interactions, do it online, because for every one person you're going to be in the street, you could reach thousands on the Internet. And that's just a reality of, of how we operate today. And so for someone else, it's like, OK, well, I got to figure out how to do all those things. Um, I don't want them to have to reinvent the wheel every single time. If we have 30 or 40 or however many abolitionist minded churches, I don't want every pastor in the state to have to go, okay, well, I'll have to reinvent the wheel and, and figure this all out myself. I want us to do the hard work and be able to have these pastors come in and plug in, get their people equipped and taught as quickly as possible, and then get them out there and get involved. And so mm -hmm. that's really our intention with that. Um, and, and so there is some uh, authority that comes with that. Obviously, just a great amount of responsibility because we're having to handle the funds of AIMKS. And as leaders, it comes down on us to accomplish the tasks that we say we're going to accomplish. So there's a little bit of authority that has to come alongside that just because there's responsibility. But we're very much so, um, when we say we're now kind of a statewide organization, uh, our intention is to equip other local churches, not control them, not govern them, to equip them. And then if we're unified and we're in agreement, then let's just do the work we need to do together. And uh, God has just blessed uh, this ministry with, uh, you know, uh, just like this studio is an example. Not very many churches have the space to be able to build a professional studio like this. Um, and so uh, we've been able to do a lot of those things at a, at a very low cost and uh, get started on it. So that's kind of where we're at right now. And Man, that's uh, outstanding. Uh, there, there was a lot of things that I did not know in that progression, and I thought it was very interesting because uh, it did seem by God's providence that I was able to be connected with you all, and I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing and your heart for equipping other churches. I think that that is slightly different than the way that I've seen it carried out in other places, and I think it's a great model. I love that very much. So help me out a little bit here. You have another rally coming up here. Let's touch base on that first. Tell me a little bit about the rally and the date for that in Kansas, because I want to make sure that individuals hear that so that they can go carpool with other people to attend it. Yeah, so uh, this this year's rally at the Capitol is going to be March 29th. Uh, we're going to be, uh, you should be there uh, no later than 10 a.m. on the South Capitol steps. And so we'll have 
uh, if you want to show up earlier and help set up, we can always use more volunteers. Um, but uh, since we're not having a, 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 as I mentioned before, there's going to be a conference in Wichita that Free the States is hosting March 1st to the 4th at the beginning of the month. Since they're hosting their big conference in Wichita, we decided not to do a conference and just do a rally at the Capitol. So a one day thing, um, you know, that's still four days that you have to take off if you want to make the, all those things going on and in Kansas. And so that's, that's pretty much the maximum for most people. Um, but, uh, you can come out for the day, uh, no later than 10 AM. If you can get out there, we'll be at the South steps and we'll have uh, addresses from pastors and legislators. And then, uh, we'll break for lunch. I'm, there's been a little bit of discussion whether or not we should serve a meal. Uh, I probably wouldn't hold me to that, but that might happen. Um, so I would probably intend on either bringing your own lunch or just breaking and going and eating. Uh, do the lunch hour, but then we'll reconvene in the in the in the rotunda area of the Capitol. Um, there's going to be obviously it's on a Wednesday, so there's going to be people in and out of committee. So some of our legislators who are co-sponsoring our bills will speak in the morning, and then some of them will be speaking in the afternoon in the rotunda. And so uh, it's just a great opportunity for us to go to make a public stand uh, for for abolition for equal protection. It's also a great time for people who haven't been to the Capitol to learn how to go. How do you engage your legislators? How do you build a relationship with them? And that's really where, really where we're trying to focus a lot of efforts this year. Um, you know, these rallies are great, and you got to have them. But if all you do is show up one day a year and make some noise, they don't care. Like they're gonna drown yeah. that out. They're gonna go, yeah, whatever. And so um, it's it's important. Or even if you just send tons of emails at a critical time for a hearing or a, a vote, if, if you know, pointed pressure is important, and we need to use that. But relationships are important, and uh, um, you know we have we have a number of guys out there. So at this point, we have nine uh, legislators who are willing to sponsor bills of abolition. Uh, so there's uh, what is it? Uh, no, yeah, seven in the House and two in the Senate, and uh, all of those men greatly need our support and encouragement. And so, uh, you know, even if you're not really comfortable like arguing and debating this out with someone, and sometimes you do have to do that. Um, at the very least, come out and get a list of those guys' names and try to stop by their office and just thank them. Uh, of course, you can always send them emails or uh, phone calls, and that's helpful as well. Um, but just just be there, have a presence. Um, you know, we, we we live in a we we live in a privileged time as a Christians. You know, it is unprecedented throughout history for the opportunity where people who make laws for you to actually just approach them. Like not even yes. like let alone vote, just approach them. You read scripture, and, and and you see the amount of times you had pagan gods, uh, or even sometimes even Israelite gods that that had to rule over the people. You you never had the opportunity to go up there and and, and plead with them and petition with them. You know, uh, if you did, you might be risking your life. And yet today, you have all of those opportunities. It's as easy as it can be. You literally walk into the Capitol, walk through their scanners sit outside someone's office and wait for them to come out and say, hey, can I take you for, can I have your time for like five minutes? I just want to introduce myself and get to know you. And even if you're not good at articulating the points of abolition, you know what? The most important thing you can do with your legislators is just ask them how you can pray for them and then pray for them right there. That literally so, is the most important thing. Yeah, amen on, on that 100%. I love the personal contact. Hey, how can I pray for you? Big piece there. But tell me a little bit real quick. Uh, as these bills are coming out, one of the things I know that we know in uh, Missouri, for example, is we have the name for the House bill and the Senate bill. And so we've been, when at least when I was working in Missouri, we would call our state legislators. We'd say, hey, this is the Senate bill, or we'd call the state senator, Senator Bill 355. 
I want to know I'm one of the people who's voting in your district and I really want you to affirm this or contact this person who it's in their committee or call each of the committee members when you have a bill in the Senate or in the House and they can get it put forward to get get out. Tell me a little bit about that, where we are in the process and what others might be able to do to contact some of those folks, because actually right off the top of my head, I don't know the Senate bill number. And I need to call my state representative and say, hey, this is going to be in a committee. And, oh, wait, you're on that committee. Would you please put this forward? Give me a little bit of a walkthrough on some of that, if you don't mind. Yeah, so we're still in the process on some of that. But basically, uh, two weeks ago, um, we had House Bill 2181 filed by Representative Trevor Jacobs. So that's in the House. And uh, um, so we filed that. And then shortly after, we found out uh, some of the language wasn't correct. Um for the penalties of it, and so it is equal. It's not technically equal protection. It would it would it would uh, it would criminalize abortion as second degree murder, not first degree murder. And we want first degree murder. We believe that abortion meets the qualifications of that. And so uh, it was uh, it was just a mistake and oversight. And there's been there's been some uh, differing opinion between some of our legal counsel as to how the bill needs to be written on on, on sentencing issues. And so we're working through some of that. I believe um, I just got an update a couple hours ago. I believe we have. Uh, a solution to that, um, but it's as it's been filed, you can't just go in there and rewrite it. You have to wait for it to have a, uh, a hearing, uh, come to a vote in the committee, and then you can make an amendment to it. And so that's what would have to happen. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping to have more meetings tomorrow uh, to help kind of solidify all of that. And so where that puts us right now um, means that is our intention to uh, amend it so that it has the proper uh, penalty on there. Everything else about it, as I can, far as I can tell, is 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 good language. Uh, actually, some of it's I think the strongest abolition language. And as far as our nullification language, I think it's probably the strongest of any abolition bill ever. And part of the reason is because in 2019 in Kansas, the state supreme court ruled that there's an unlimited right to abortion. And so essentially, um, in Kansas, we basically have our own little Roe v. Wade. And so. Uh, most states that have had, I don't think any states that have had abolition bills have had to work through that um, in that you already have a state Supreme Court ruling that would have to be challenged right off the bat uh, for anything to happen. And so we know that that's going to happen to this. And so our impeachment language is extremely strong. Um, and so we're just going to make that amendment change to help uh, clarify uh, the, the, the punishments for abortion so that it is first degree murder. Um, obviously, uh, the thing to keep in mind is um, you could say the maximum penalty is is the harshest or the highest penalty you could uh, have in the system, and yet your prosecutors could still uh, decide take a plea bargain or whatever, and you know someone who commits first degree murder uh, could get off with like 10 years in prison. I mean it's you know that's just our justice system. So our justice system still needs a large amount of reform, um, but that's kind of a separate issue. You can only tackle so much on one bill. So anyway, so that's the update on HB 2181. Um, that is the bill that, that we're, we're that we're supporting um, and, and going to be moving forward, uh, working towards making the amendment to have those uh, proper. And so that's still in committee or it's been filed. So it's in committee, but it needs to be modified or it needs to be amended. Is that correct? Correct. So it is in the Health and Human Services Committee. And so um, it's been in there for a week and a half, two weeks now. About two weeks. And so initially we thought they'd probably just try to do it, pull a fast one and push it through instantly so that we wouldn't have time to have uh, a, a good force of people there to testify for it. It hasn't happened yet. And so the other strategy that happens a lot in these states is they just basically ignore it 
And um, if they, they don't have to give it a hearing, and if they don't give it a hearing, it essentially just kind of gets put on the shelf and maybe comes back next year. Um, so that's one way they can kill a bill is just by ignoring it. And uh, so uh, right now, uh, we need everyone to uh, email leadership and say, hey, leadership of the House, and say, we want you to give this a hearing. Uh, so leadership of the House and the House chair, um, I can... We can talk about this in a second, then I can pull up. Yeah, that. so real quick, the big thing is, and I'm just saying this also for myself, but I think it's an important thing. Right now, there is an abolition bill that is in committee. It's been filed by um, Mr. Jacobs, Senator Senator Jacobs, right? Uh, or is it yes. Congressman Jacobs? Uh, it's rep no, it's Representative Jacobs. Representative Jacobs, gotcha. All right, okay. so uh, Rep. Jacobs has then filed HB 2181. It has gone to the Health and Human Services Committee. Individuals on that committee need to be contacted by those in the state of Kansas saying, hey, please put forward HB 2181 submitted by uh, Representative Jacobs. That is an important thing for me, and I'm hoping that you would do that. Just call each person on that Health and Human Services Committee because that's where it's going to be debated. And I'm assuming that it's somewhat like Kansas and that there needs to be a majority of committee members who are going to vote for that. And that will allow it to go actually to the to the floor. Correct. So we actually have a pro-life majority on that committee. I think it's a I think there's a total of uh, 16. I think it's 13 or 16 members, and it's it's a majority by like by by a fair amount. There's uh if every pro-life person voted on it, it'd be like 75 percent, um you know of the votes. Uh, however, as we as we know as abolitionists, uh, that's highly unlikely. Um, you know, uh, so at this point, um, I don't believe I've had any actual confirmed opposition to it from the pro-life, those who are pro-life on. Obviously, the pro-choicers are opposing it. Um, but uh, I haven't really heard any super solid support from the members. So we don't have any co-sponsors of the bill on that committee, unfortunately. Um, but uh, there's there's two that I think are friendly towards it. I uh, haven't gotten like they haven't absolutely told me, yeah, we're going to vote for this if it comes to a vote. Uh, but I think that they would. And uh, um, we just need to keep keep pressing the others. And so just as a note to that, if you call or email or whatever, um, abolitionists are already list already already wrote off as extremists. Um, you know, I don't you know, I don't think anybody that's contacted them or anything like that has done so in a, in a rude or extreme way. But you got to understand um, if especially like if you're out of their district, right, if you're not a voter of them um, and, and you come off as rude or just really extra blunt, um, it's just going to turn them off and they will ignore you. And um, you're not going to get a chance to write that. You're not going to get a chance to clarify what you meant by anything. Um, and so, uh, you know, you want to be you want to share the truth with them. You know, this is this is what it is. Um, so if you're going to send them an email, you know, just make a very short testimony about yourself and, and why this is important to you and, and plead with them to do what is right and, uh, and make sure you encourage that you are, will support them if they do so. Um, you know, if, if they have a public record of voting against abolition, then obviously, um, you know, we will have a, a different approach to like their reelection campaigns and so forth if we can find someone to run against them. But uh, you always start always start under the pretense that. Um, you know, they might be friendly towards abolition. They might be willing to support this bill. Um, but also just understand, um, if you're asking a legislator to support an abolition bill, 
they're, you're asking them to essentially commit political suicide. Now, God will work through them and strengthen them if they're going to be faithful. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't concern, I'm not at all worried about uh, whether or not they can continue to serve in office if they do what's right. I know God will keep them there if he wants them there. But you are asking them to commit political suicide. And so just keep that in mind. Um, you know, to ask something of that of someone without having a relationship with them, uh, how would you feel? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just put yourself in their shoes, uh, be kind and gentle with them. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, I, I want their vote. I want their vote to pass these bills of abolition. I want the bloodshed to stop. And so I'm going to be honest with them. Uh, and they usually do appreciate that, even if you are kind of firm. Um, but just be understanding. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking up the individuals on the Health and Human Services. Yeah. And you yeah. said that's HB 2181. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got 21... 81 there it is prohibiting abortion procedures and creating crimes of unlawful performance of abortion there it is excellent well outstanding stuff there i'm glad that you gave that to me and i will definitely uh reach out to those individuals on that committee and try to follow that advice to the best of my ability well those are some incredible things for us to be doing uh also uh attending that rally if you wouldn't mind be sure to send me maybe some type of an image that you have so that we can promote that up until that date Uh, we would love to do that and also just try to invite some folks from my church on that and i think that would be very and very important so the podcast is starting when tell me a little bit about the beginning of the podcast and what you're hoping to do there over the next few weeks as it launches yeah, so I'm hoping we can have our first like actual regular episode out maybe by the end of this week, if not for sure by the end of next week. As of now, um, I just have some uh, some other smaller videos that I need to get out to our sponsoring churches and kind of keep them updated on things. And then obviously doing a collab with you. I did a collaboration with uh, James Silverman from Free the States this morning. And so I need to get those videos out to kind of promote some of the specific events we have going on. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, what kind of viewers can expect uh, to uh, listening into our episodes um, we're probably going to have a bi-weekly episode. Um, I don't know that I'll have time to do one weekly. Eventually I'd like to, um, we might, what we might do is have a weekly, um, kind of like newsletter update in podcast form. Um, we'll see if that's something that is useful for people or not, but that might be something we do. It'd be like five or 10 minutes and just here's abolition news in Kansas. Um, but, uh, as we get into, uh, our regular episodes, uh, our first one is just going to be titled abortion is murder and Kansas is bleeding. And just kind of mm. go through the history of, of uh, abortion here in our state and the introduction of abolition in the past few years and uh, some of the, the tenets and principles of that. And so that will be probably a, a fairly long episode, but we want to kind of cover all the basics as, as well as we can. And then uh, one thing um, that eventually I want to do is kind of have a secondary series called Pastors, Pastors of Abolition. And so I would like to get as many pastors in studio as I can to kind of have guests on and, and have uh, a chance to hear your testimony and how you came to abolition and how you can encourage other pastors uh, to lead their churches in abolition. And so that's another thing um, that's going to be unique to our show that I eventually am going to get rolling. I think it'll probably take a couple months before we have that uh, first episode of that one off. Um, but, uh, you know, we're going to cover, um, you know, all the, all the, uh, you know, principled issues of abolition that need to be covered. Um, but, uh, there's obviously a lot of other podcasts out there and, and people who are covering some of those things. So we don't want to reinvent the wheel. We want to have uh, useful content for everyone. Um, but, uh, there's going to be, uh, hopefully there'll be uh, a lot to get out of it. And, uh, in, in doing so, the podcast is just one, 
it's probably going to be the most uh, uh what's the word uh, the, the most uh, often uh, production we put out um, but we really are putting some uh, serious resources towards this and time towards this primarily for the production studio we yeah. really want to be able to put out um, professional high quality content so the podcast is more just informative uh, we really want to eventually be able to do documentaries and uh, you know uh, we'll probably uh, start a, a TikTok account soon because that's where a lot of our younger people are at and we <laughs> want to reach them with the gospel and we want to reach them with the message of abolition um, so there'll be just a lot more uh, uh, shorter videos out on social media and stuff uh, evangelism training um, again it's not like we have anything to add that other great preachers haven't done already um, but we believe it's important for us and our, especially our just our local area to help lead the way uh, and show people how do you how do you engage this culture? And so specific to us, like we're just 10 minutes outside of Manhattan. Manhattan is home of Kansas State University. And so we already, uh, myself and some of other friends, I, me not so much, but some of my friends are there pretty regularly doing evangelism on campus. And so we want to do that um, and, and capture uh, as much videos of that and content for that and try to get that out and just encourage more people to go and be a part of it. And um and that's so that's you know that's that's a lot i have no idea how far that's going to go we're just kind of getting started and it's been uh yeah we started work on the studio two and a half years ago and so um it's been a long time coming and we still have a long ways to go in the construction of it uh to finish everything out but uh, hopefully very soon uh we'll be really ready to operate and produce content um high quality content very quickly and uh, it's it's obviously much needed so real quick before we kind of wrap up, I want to hit on two more things and just remind everyone, HB 2181, that's in the House and Health and Human Services Committee. Call those committee members. And then likewise, March the 29th, there's going to be an abortion rally. Be there at the state capitol at 10 a.m. and they'll be able to see where you are and where others are. It starts at 10 a.m. So you want to be there a little bit before 10 a.m. is what I'm assuming. Okay, well, excellent. Jared, thank you so, so much. Thanks for your help also in connecting with other people. I haven't really said anything about the connections that we've made with some college students, but uh, appreciate that quite a bit. And likewise, I look forward to, I'm going to try to see you on the 26th of February, if I'm if I remember right, and I might need to get those times again for that from you one more time. But with that said, I think we've covered a lot of ground. I'm really grateful for the opportunity to get to meet with you. Look forward to promoting your stuff to the best of my ability and uh, need to get some more books from you to have here available to folks in my church because that's great stuff. And that's one thing that I love is you've got that stuff and you're putting it in the hands of pastors. I've seen you put it in the hands of uh, presidents of seminaries. So good work with that. <laughs> presidents of the SBC. We'll have to <laughs> we'll do an episode on that again sometime. But yeah, yeah, well, thank you again so much for that. Well, this is the Tag You're It podcast, and I'm David Van Beber, and my guest here today was Jared Burdick. And I always end the program by saying Soli Deo Gloria, so I'll, use, I'll do Adam's part today. Soli Deo Gloria. <laughs>